are alive to shine. I'm Beth. And I'm Kate. And this is the Shine Podcast, where we meet lots of different people and hear about the ways that they light up the world. And here's why we're doing this. We've been changed and affected by people who shine with the love of Jesus. And the world needs people like that, and like you, right now. So be encouraged. And let your light shine. I've got mood lighting in here. Can't see y'all. <laughs> Megan, are you here? You're a public speaker now. No, no. Yes, you are. No. Oh my gosh. I'm putting it's that been down quite, here. quite some time since I've spoken in front of someone. No, just wait until I schedule some. Gosh. <laughs> Chris was actually talking about how you and Josh were so good on that Sunday morning that you spoke. That was like a eon ago, doesn't it? That's before like the whole It's been a while, but he was like, I need to get them back up there. Oh, man. You guys are so good. Josh was like, those were like things we dreamed of doing in the NICU. And we're like, someday this could be something. That was cool. That was a cool thing. Yeah. It was great. Okay. Oh, I didn't have time to think of a name. Just rhyme it with Kate. <clears throat> no. Uh. <laughs> Welcome, Shine Podcast listeners. It's Eliza. You know what I haven't used? I don't think I've used Katrina. You used it twice. There's, no, that wasn't Katrina. It was your German name and your Spanish <laughs> was, name. It's every name. No, it was Katarina. Oh. That is true. It was like Russian. It was Katarina. How do you say Eliza in Russian. <laughs> Elizabeth. Oh. <laughs> it's going to be Katrina. That's a new one. It really is. Go back through all the podcasts. I haven't used it yet. Katrina? Yeah. <laughs> it's Eliza. And Katrina. And we are here with a wonderful, beautiful Megan Osborne. Welcome, Megan, today that we get to shine our spotlight on. Yay. So, so happy to have you here, Megan. Thank you. This is so fun. Little history about Megan. She's a Richter. She's the daughter of Chip and Mary Beth Richter. And Mary Beth is a Striefler. Mary Beth Striefler is the sister of Dave and Bruce Striefler, who founded the Upper Room. And Megan is a daughter of Shirley and Russ Striefler. Oh, granddaughter. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> All okay. right, just cut it off. This is good. <laughs> I feel better already. <laughs> Botch that one. That's all right. I can erase it's half really of that. Confusing. People think I'm her sister and oh. Monica. Is oh my gosh, mom. can we tell that story quickly? <laughs> I cannot tell you how many times in my life people have confused me with Megan Richter Osborne. Most of the time it happens at school, yeah. but it has happened in public outside of Heartland. Okay. Most recently, though, it was at Heartland when I was there about a year ago. I was teaching. I was coming down the stairs and there's this tiny child. At the bottom of the steps, <laughs> waving at me frantically. And I have no idea who this tiny child is. <laughs> All of a sudden, this child kind of seems like she recognizes me. She's waving. And then she says, Miss Megan! <laughs> and I, <laughs> I say, hi! And immediately when I spoke, she knew it was not Megan. And she just booked it, like right down the hallway, just out of here. <laughs> but it happens all the time. People ask me if I'm related to Megan, if we're sisters, if we're cousins. Sisters in Christ. Yeah. It's more like <laughs> it. So Little family history about Megan. There you go. She is the granddaughter of our founding mother, Shirley Streifler. She was born and raised in Columbiana, Ohio, and at the Upper Room Fellowship. 
She is a grad of Heartland Christian School in 2006. Reaging you? <laughs> you have to do the math. She married her Heartland sweetheart, Josh Osborne. We've had a lot of Osbornes on our podcast and more to come. She's been married to Josh Osborne for 12 years. She went to Kent State University. She has a degree in early childhood education, and she taught preschool at Heartland Christian for seven years. She was affectionately known as Miss Megan. Her and Josh became parents in 2016. They had twins, Finley and Riley, who were born early, 23 weeks, six days. And Finley went to be with Jesus, and Riley is almost five years old. She is a delight. And they just had a baby, Callie, who was born seven months ago. So they are raising two daughters right now. Megan writes all of our curriculum for our children's ministry, Sunday school, and church program. Amazing. She's famous. <laughs> She's the four and five-year-old teacher, Miss Megan. Her and Riley are stars of our The Upper Room Fellowship YouTube children's ministry channel. So if you want to see her and Riley in you action, really <laughs> check out our YouTube. It is so fun to watch. Even if you're not a child, got to check it out. Also, putting a few more plugs in, if you haven't checked out our Instagram page, go to shineurf on Instagram, and there's a link to our newsletter, Shine Bright, that Megan authored a couple of weeks ago. So make sure you check mm -hmm. that out. I Some, sobbed. I did too. Oh, I was laying in bed, and Mark was talking to me, and I was reading at the <laughs> same time, and I'm like sobbing. <laughs> I was sobbing and Chris was like, what's going on over there? And I said, Megan wrote something. So of course I'm sobbing. And Chris was like, oh, I got to I gotta check that out. So he comes over with his computer and he sits down and he's like, you know what? I'm not going to do this right now. And he shuts his computer and walks away. Another time. Another time when I can cry alone. Yeah. So check out that beautiful blog that Megan wrote for our Shine Bright newsletter. It's for the women of the upper room and from the women of the upper room. Although we, we love our guys and you're allowed to be on Instagram and Shine Bright. Welcome. <laughs> it's just a little pink, but you're all welcome. So a couple fun facts about Megan. She's a vegetarian. I invited her over for hamburgers one day. And <laughs> Just pick around it. She loves to write. <laughs> she ran her first and last marathon yes. a couple of years ago. She does like to run outside, but that's amazing you ran a marathon. Yeah, so only the one and only. Remind us how many miles? It was 26. That's insane. 26 26. miles. And she's a public speaker. So we are oh. so blessed to have oh. Megan here today. Thank yes, you. I'm Thank so excited. You. Thank you. Thanks, You're so young me. and you have such a rich oh, history. Wow. You make it sound real good. It, because it is real good. <laughs> you got a real good repertoire. You're going strong. So tell us, Megan, what or who lit you up? Yes, I've been thinking about this. Well, you know, as you said, I grew up um, coming to the upper room and so grew up in a Christian home, going to church, grew up going to a Christian school. So I really feel like there's a lot of people I could point to, you know, in my life who have lit me up. And uh, my parents, for sure, have always been um, really, I feel honest and real with my siblings and I. have been a really great example of just loving Jesus, my grandparents, aunts and uncles. But I can definitely think of a time when it went from 
like a time and a person in a place that it went from, you know, Jesus being like the right answer on every test to a person. And that would have been, I was probably 24 or 25 before that really happened. I was in college. No, it was probably, it was just after college. I had been married for a year. My husband is in the Air Force Reserves, and he we had just been married a year, and then he left to go to Texas for boot camp and then training afterwards. So it was like a seven-month ordeal that he was going to be gone, and it was like my biggest fear to be alone. And so there I was, alone. And I was always someone who, growing up, just have had a lot of anxiety, just a lot of fear. I was a very anxious kid. And I can't really say why, because I had really great parents who were worked very hard to like reassure me, <laughs> to help me overcome fears, give me lots of tools to help with the anxiety. But it was just something that I always struggled with. My answer to it, whenever it would get really bad, was to go home. So there was like a period in middle school where I was homeschooled for a year, just was really anxious, had a really hard time. It was part of like my personality to be a people pleaser. So just a lot of expectations that I probably put on myself but that I perceived other people to have. And I felt like I wasn't living up to those and it caused a lot of anxiety. So I just felt like I had to step away, you know, I was homeschooled for a year. Then I came back and then I went away to college only for a year because, again, it was I was very anxious. So I came home and commuted to college, finished college out that way. And then Josh and I, when we first got married, we moved to Dayton and had a lot of anxiety that year. And I just thought, we could just get home. I'll be feeling a lot better. And so we did. We moved home, and then he went to Texas. We moved actually to the street that I grew up on. So I like literally had a view from my living room that I was used to my whole life. So you can't get much closer to going home than other than living with your parents, which you want to do that, you know. So <laughs> it was good. I thought I thought it was going to be good. But I found myself just incredibly more anxious than I've ever been in my life because here I was. I made it home, had the exact same view I had been used to, and I had never been more anxious. And I thought, oh, my goodness, like, what's going to fix this, you know? It was just this realization that there was never anything – I could do to make it better and this like overwhelming fear that it was just gonna consume me you know because it was inside and I remember telling this all to my grandma my grandma Shirley who was on this podcast a while back and I'll never forget we were in my kitchen and I was telling her all this and the look on her face she just said Megan you need Jesus you know grandma Shirley <laughs> you picture her saying that you know, though, it could have, you know, you might think, well, that sounds kind of blunt. But honestly, it was just, it was what I needed to hear. I knew that. I just, I guess it was the first time that I realized, you know, she told me, you know, you know a lot about Jesus, but do you really know him? And that was, that's true. I knew a lot about him. I could tell you and get all the right answers on a test, but I didn't really know him. And it didn't end there. It didn't end with just her saying that you need Jesus. And that was the end of it. She started inviting me over for dinner every week. I would go over it was just me and I was really lonely and I was desperate for someone to be with someone to talk to and we did that the whole time Joshua was gone we would just eat dinner together and talk talk about Jesus I learned a lot about her that I didn't know how she had a time when Jesus became more than just like the right answer he became her friend and that changed everything for me and uh, she shared a word that Graham Cook had and he says, there's nothing you can do that will make God love you any less. You know, he loves you because he loves you because he loves you because that's who he is. 
I know growing up, I had this amazing family life, Christian family life. I went to a Christian school, youth group, all the things. I know I heard it that Jesus loved me, but I really think it's maybe part of my personality. Like, again, I'm a people pleaser. I'm a rule follower. And so just somewhere along the lines, I just took it as... Like, he loves you, yeah, but that's like when you have your act together and when you're doing all the right things. So that was just so new for me to hear that. He loves you because he loves you because that is who he is. Part of that quote, too, is there's nothing else you can do to make him love you more. Yes. That just blew my mind. Yeah. So that really changed everything for me and really did light me up. It changed even my marriage with Josh. I didn't realize how much, like you said, Josh and I had been together for a really long time, even though we were only married for a year. We had been dating since we were little babies in middle school and (laughs) didn't realize how much weight I had put on him to fulfill things that, you know, weren't his to fulfill. So that changed my marriage. And also around that exact same time was when I met Kate and... We did shine together, and that was life-changing. So it was just a lot of things coming together where I got to see just people living out their friendships with Jesus, and that's where I would say mine really began with him, and I'm very thankful for that. And if you haven't listened to Grandma Shirley's podcast, she talks about how she really got saved from religion because she was very religious, but she didn't know Jesus. Yeah. And she tells that story. That's what she got saved from. And your parents did a fabulous job because now you're a public speaker. And oh. <laughs> I wouldn't know if I'd say a public speaker, but that's kind of you. Like, hold on now. <laughs> Doesn't mean I don't wear my scarves because I do get really nervous. But I wouldn't necessarily, the anxiety has just like disappeared. But I think that's so important to say, yes. following all of that story You had these experiences, you met these people, your life changed, but it doesn't mean that all of the issues just magically disappeared. Like, doesn't mean my anxiety is just poof, it's just gone. But that there is a way through it and over it and however you would describe that. It's not consuming me like it really looked like it was going to. And I had tried lots of different lots of different things and medication, counseling, and none of those things are bad and I think they're really helpful, really mm-hmm. good just for me. Things have really changed when I started me trying to control everything and hold it all together. We're just not in control of things. But he is. Doesn't mean you don't have questions or that things don't always make sense. You know, they won't. But knowing him in the midst of all that has been what's been life-changing for me. Yes. Yeah. When you made that connection with him personally, with Jesus, Mm -hmm. how did your life change? I think it was just really, there was just a lot of freedom, just like the way I approached him. It wasn't like having grown up in church and um, going to a Christian school. It was just prayer and all those things. It was just something I did, devotions and things like that. But it was out of a, not because you had to, but like almost like a checklist to fulfill. I started seeing him as my friend. It just became someone you had coffee with. You could tell anything to. Yeah, I don't know where along the line that I thought, you know, you could talk to him when your emotions were in check, when you were put together. I don't know where that happened. I lived a lot of my life that way, just even with how I related to people or with my husband, trying to keep things together all the time. Yeah, that was 10 years ago. So I would say I've embraced a lot of messiness since then. And I don't know, that's just a lot. I've I've found a lot of freedom in the mess. Honestly, that's where I found him to be. 
in the mess. And that was really, it kind of all started there, but I'm really thankful for that because when our girls were born, that was the messiest time mm-hmm. I've ever experienced. I'm thankful for the friendship that I've I had with Jesus the five years before that happened, because I don't know <laughs> where I would have been otherwise. There was never a moment when all of that was going down that I ever felt like he wasn't, you know, still who he said he was. I didn't feel like I had to say that just because there would have been a time in my life that I would have said, well, God's good. That's like the right answer. That's what you're supposed to say. But it came out of a place of, I don't see that right now. And I don't feel that. And I really don't mind telling you I don't see that or feel that. But I just, I knew that to be true because I knew that to be who he was, you know, having been in relationship with him, friendship with him before. Yeah. So I'm really thankful that, that he is my friend and that like a friend, I can go to him with all the mess and all the questions, tell him anything. During that season, the story of Mary after her brother died just really spoke to me. I felt like Jesus showed me that story. You know, when he comes after Lazarus died, you know, Martha ran out to meet him, but Mary didn't. And I always kind of read that like, I wonder why was she just, she was always the one at his feet, you know, and this time she's not quick to be there. Was she too sad? Was she disappointed? So disappointed. And then when she hears that, you know, Jesus is calling her name, she goes running. But when she goes running and like finally meets up with him, she just falls down and starts crying. If you would have been here, you know, you weren't here. I just could relate to that. You know, it wasn't that I was running from him. I definitely was running to him in that time, but it was with a whole lot of you're like really late. You could have been here. And why not? There would have been a time in my life that I thought Jesus would be mad for me asking that, you know, or disappointed. But if you look at, you know, Jesus's response to Mary, he cried with her. And that just meant a lot to me. He's always making beauty out of ashes. Yes. Tell us what lights you up. I would definitely say, like you said, being called Miss Megan is one of my favorite things. (laughs) Um, that was before I got to be called mama and that's probably like my favorite thing now to be called mama, but definitely Miss Megan. I love being with kids, especially younger kids. I taught pre-K. They light me up. I just love being with them. I love doing projects with them. I love just seeing their excitement for life. And I think just something that I'm, I am super passionate about the kids here at the upper room. I love writing lessons for them and I just want them. I just feel like you can't ever talk enough about how much God loves them. I just want them to know that. I want that to be a huge foundation in their lives. I love talking about how much he loves them. I love spending time with the kids. And uh, Riley has cerebral palsy and some other special needs. And that was something that you never imagine yourself being a parent of a special needs child. But that is, I remember when we were in the NICU, you know, sometimes people are just like grasping for things to say, which I totally understand. Sometimes there just isn't anything to say, you know, but someone said, isn't it great that you're a preschool teacher and Josh is a physical therapist? And I was like, no, that's not great. Like somehow that like qualifies me to do this. I was very offended. I was like, what? So I felt just anything but qualified or just, and I still honestly have those days, but it's been almost five years and there is just this like this beauty in the mess. You know, I'm super thankful for the skills I have as a teacher. Um, that I like being a teacher. I'm super thankful that Josh is not only her data, but that He's her number one physical therapist. I just have a passion that I didn't even know I would have for kids with special needs and teaching outside of the box. 
has become something that has grown a lot in the last five years. And if you, you listen to the congregational meeting a couple of weeks ago, Monica talked about how hard it is to find children's curriculum for Sunday school that doesn't teach kind of like from a fear base, like you better obey and yeah. God's watching you. Well, be careful little, what's that song? <laughs> careful little eyes. What you see? Everybody's watching you. Monica was just saying it's so much about behavior control. It's yeah. very right. difficult. And so I think it's phenomenal that Megan is writing curriculum. And I think because you grew up in a church and you grew up in a Christian school and you had that experience, you had a better story than Kate and I. We didn't, we relapsed and... <laughs> <laughs> we lost Jesus somewhere around there sometime. But um, but you have that perspective. You know, you found Jesus in a personal way at 24, but you're taking that experience you had as an adult and remembering that and writing that into the curriculum. And so, you know, our hope and our goal is that our ceiling as parents become our children's floor. Hmm. And so you're taking that experience and that revelation you had when you were 24 and you're bringing it down to the curriculum in the preschool class and, mm. and the nurseries so they get it. We're we're just really blessed to have you Aww. and Monica as a team working together in the yeah. in the children's ministry writing our own curriculum. I think that's fabulous. So if you're out there listening and you have kids, bring them to the upper room because <laughs> Megan's phenomenal, Monica's phenomenal, and we have a great group of volunteers and yeah. staff that are working with our kids that love Jesus and love your kids and mm-hmm. they don't want it to be about behavior modification. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, that's something that even at Heartland, everybody knew. Like if you were in a class with Megan, it was always a class of excellence. And everyone loved working with Megan because Hmm. not only was she fun, but she was excellent with the kids. And I'm always like, I don't understand (laughs) how you love all these tiny people. Well, you do amazing in high school. No, we always joke around. I'm like, that is really the last thing I would ever want to do. You're amazing. Don't worry. We don't have Kate in the nursery. (laughs) I'm not in there. But it's amazing to watch. It is. Well, thank you. Oh, goodness. And you're really letting your light shine in that area of writing curriculum. Well, not just for kids. I mean, if you read the Shine Bright newsletter, our blog... Kate and I were talking about that it was beautiful and just sharing sharing your perspective of what friendship female friendship means to you mm-hmm. and how it has pulled you through some really dark yeah, times so for sure she's shining all over the place yeah <laughs> yeah now you have to talk about yourself yeah. <laughs> no but really what was the question no but really how are you letting your light shine thank you oh well gosh that was really encouraging because you know both days I'm stay-at-home mom, which I also never really thought, imagined myself being, um, but I'm very thankful that I get to be, before the pandemic, that looked like a lot of running around to a lot of like therapy and different appointments for Riley, but that's really scaled back this year, last year, which for me has been a, a nice turn of events, I'm sure for her too. We've been doing a lot of it at home, again, which I really lights me up. I really have this new passion for physical therapy and occupational therapy that I never knew was in there. It does feel like sometimes you're like, am I just here at home doing my thing, writing these lessons on my couch? I don't know. Just seeing how the kids, I just love seeing them playing the games that, you know, I come up with or when they run up to me afterwards and are like, oh, that was a great lesson, Miss Megan. I mean, that's just, that's just incredibly encouraging. And I feel like that's just 
my way to shine right now. Um, I don't know what will be around the corner, but I feel like that's something that Riley has taught me or that God's taught me through Riley a lot. You know, I talked about how I like to growing up felt like I always needed to have it together. And again, that really wasn't anything, never was anything that my parents put on me. I remember my dad buying me gifts when I got C's because he just felt so bad that I was so devastated, you know, and like, he's like, Megan, it's not that bad, you know, but so somewhere that was something I put on, you know, myself, I don't know, I'm the oldest, I don't know if it's like an oldest thing, but I am also a very cautious person. I don't want to try new things unless I know I'm going to be good at it. I know I've missed out on things because of that. And watching Riley and seeing her, you know, she's somebody that just has to try things a million times. You know, we're always encouraging her to try, to try, to try, to try. And it looks incredibly messy. And you know what? It may always look really messy, but it's just incredibly beautiful to us to watch her try. And um, like my husband says, you know, I just want her to try. That's all I want. I just want her to give it a try. And, you know, he's like, there might be a time where I'm like, oh, I can't do that. Fine. But he's like, you got to try. We just have to try. And that's kind of become a, a mantra in our house. It's really changed just not just, you know, just watching Riley, but just even myself, you know, that I just feel like, you know, I could continue to try to be really cautious and to like, you know, not get too messy. But there's just, like I said, just a lot of freedom and knowing that he loves you and I really feel like he does want us to try wants us to get messy with him because you know I've been this journey but realizing he's like not at the end waiting for us you know he's down in the mess with us and he's just like come on come with me and I felt like after the whole NICU experience and all that it just was a couple years of like when are we going to get back to normal I just kept trying to like get back to normal but what is normal you know I don't really know but I think what I finally realized is I was I wanted to get back to that place where when was everything in control when I felt like it was you know and just felt like one day Jesus was like you you know we can get there you can go back to that Or you can keep coming with me, just keep stepping out, keep trying these new things. And so I would not say I'm a public speaker. That is not my thing. But I have in the last five years (laughs) done more (laughs) public speaking than I ever thought I would because of this. And I just feel like that's just part of the trying. So I, I don't know what around the corner holds, but I'm willing to try these new things. I was just reading this today, but that Dr. Henry Cloud quote, I actually sent it to the Shine Girls. Every time you listen to fear, your world gets smaller. The idea that stepping outside of fear and going into trying, it broadens your world to opportunity and possibility. We were just discussing the idea of like, there is no fear in love. I mean, talking about that whole Graham Cook quote, right? cannot do anything to make you love him more. You cannot do anything to make him love you less. But living in that understanding and making that real, your world becomes broader and bigger and brighter. What a testimony. When I asked Megan to speak at the Women's Conference in 2019, she said, yes, I would love to (laughs) right away. And when we asked her to write for the Shine Bright blog, she was like, yes. So listening to you say I was so anxious and had Mm -hmm. so much anxiety and fear and seeing where you've come from there to being such a willing participant in life and putting yourself out there (laughs) and sharing your story and sharing with other women. And oh, I was just going to say, aren't we all blessed? Yes, (laughs) we get blessed so much by her ability to step outside of her fear and to try new things. 
I feel like we are the recipients of all of these amazing things. Like that blog I sobbed through. Like <laughs> there's just so much touching and powerful stuff inside of you. Oh and we get to be the recipients of that because you step out of the fear or the anxiety and try different things. <laughs> so good. This year has been... It's March 2021, and it's so it's been almost a year this month that we heard about COVID and our lives changed. And, you know, you hear every time you turn on the TV or read stuff about how much anxiety and fear and depression that this year has brought mm-hmm. people because we've been out of control and out of our normal and isolated. So... What's some of your advice for folks that may be feeling like they're dealing with that anxiety or fear or in this season where we really have no control? What are some of the things that you experience besides knowing Jesus as your friend, but practically speaking, and how have you not been sucked back into that? I would say, because I would say my husband and I both were not, I don't know, you're more introverted. Yeah, introverted people. Good night for us can be like, you know, on the couch, pizza, popcorn, watching movies. I think getting together with people was always something that we were like, we need to work on that. Or let's, you know, we would encourage each other to do that, do more of that. And then after our girls were born, we lived in a NICU for three plus months and you were never alone. You were with people all the time, medical people and with these, your emotions all hanging out there. Like we were just a hot mess. And it was just a very time when everything was just like hanging out there, just emotions, feelings, questions. And it was a time in our life that the only way that I think that we really got through it so well were just the people that came around us. And that was people we knew and then people we didn't even know, you know, and that was just like mind blowing to us just this community of people that rallied around us, that prayed for us, people that didn't even know us. And um, it was just a time we look back on that a lot. And we just realized if we didn't realize it before, we knew it constantly. We just, we weren't made to do this life alone. We just weren't made to go it alone. I think about, thought about that a lot when I was training for that marathon. I ran that marathon. I had told myself when we found out we were pregnant with twins, I thought, man, oh, that's going to be intense. I was like, I had run a, my, a half marathon that year. And I thought, you know, after they're born, I'm going to start training for a full. I'll run a half for each of them. Then things didn't go at all how I thought it was going to go. And I just was like, I'm not going to do that. And so I laid that down for a year. But then I thought, no, I'm still going to do that. I'm still going to run a half for each of them. That was a really good time, a lot of running and talking to Jesus out there, because there's a lot of running for a training for 20, 26 miles. But um, it was not the fastest. My goal was just that no one would have to come get me out on the on the race and bring me back. I just wanted to be able to cross the finish line, even if I had to like walk across. But I made it across. I was even running. Um, took I wasn't the last one. It was it was good. I thought a lot about that in that time of running. The training, you know, when you would do these long runs, you never ran 26 in your training. The the longest you would run was 20. But I had the hardest time breaking the 17 mile one. Like I just could not seem, I could walk it, but I couldn't seem to run past 17 miles. And so the first time I did, someone biked with me. And then each one after that, someone, you know, either was biking with me or they would wait at a certain spot and I knew they were going to be there. And, you know, they weren't running. They were biking. I was running. We were doing two totally different things, but we were together. I thought about that a lot. You know, 
everyone is on their own journey and doing their, you know, has their own fight to fight, but we're all in this together. We're all fighting together. We just really do need each other. For some of us, I think that's really easy to do. And for others like me, you know, you kind of have to make a point to be like, I need to connect with someone. I need to invite someone over. And that's hard to do in this season, this time that we're all living in. I think that is really hard. We do have to get creative in how we're reaching out to each other. But I would definitely, if you're in a place of just feeling alone or anxious, I would encourage you. I know that there's a lot of really great women here at the Upper Room, and I would just encourage you to to reach out. I know that's probably really scary to do, but I think you'll find the response to be really good. So, yeah. You mentioned earlier that you met Kate and joined her Shine group. And how did that experience impact your life? It was incredibly life-changing. I wouldn't necessarily, it all happened at once. It wasn't like, I was like, wow, this is amazing overnight. But (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it was great. 10 years down the road. Can I, can I tell the story? Because one of the stories that I mean, I think is really the most powerful because it's the most real is that she came into shine and we were doing our things. And she said, you can rephrase it if you want to, but essentially came to the point where you're like, okay, Megan talking to yourself. Um, (laughs) Either you quit shine or like you really do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's it's not like this, like you join a yeah. group or you find a person and like just overnight, oh my gosh, it's right. so amazing. Because it wasn't until you decided like either quit or make the effort and yeah. For those of you who don't know, we have Shine Small Groups and our mission for those is equipping, encouraging, and edifying women in small group relationships on their journey of personal destiny and spiritual growth. And so Megan's been in the Shine Group, Kate's Shine Group for the last 10 years. Sorry, you can, you can talk now, but I just, I love that story yeah. and you can rephrase no, if you want to, because no. I think we get these ideas, we're like, I'm going to join yeah. a group or I'm going to start hanging out with friends. It takes effort, right? It does. Oh, yeah. And I've never, never had been in a group like that or have had friends like that that were committed to each other. It was very new for me. But it was – I mean, I remember Josh being like, oh, this is good. This Because I just didn't realize how much he was like – especially when we lived in Dayton, we didn't know anybody. You know, Because you were putting so much pressure yeah, on, him on him to meet he all of like your needs. He was like my husband, but he was my sister. He was my best friend. He was my girlfriend. He was – and he just wasn't – meant to carry all that you know and so i mean still to this day he'll be like when shine do you need one of those like (laughs) should you should you call him up you know so it just was very it was so good yeah and if you read the shine newsletter you'll hear that hear a story of just what they've meant to me and my family but that in order to be committed to each other in order to have relationships of any sort, really, yes. there has to be effort, effort in that. And like a willingness to be vulnerable, you know, and... Yeah, just, there are things required of you. Yeah. Sometimes it's like, I'm going to go yeah. in and it's just going to be great. Right. But but I found it to be better than I could imagine, you know. That doesn't mean, again, that things aren't messy or <laughs> that they aren't hard or mm-hmm. that they aren't uncomfortable. But I don't know. I just have found that in the messy and uncomfortable, it's just way better than just like always staying back on the shore you know like perfectly put together I'm almost afraid now of like what I'm gonna miss if I don't you know even though I'm still very much terrified doesn't change like I said does not change you know but that's why I find like a lot of comfort even just writing the lessons for the kids you know sometimes 
you're just looking at it through their eyes. Like you just get it down real simple. But you know, you think of those great people in the Bible that you're like, oh wow, like Moses had it all together. But like he needed a buddy to like go with him and he was super scared, you know, and God was like, that's all right. I'll give you a friend. It's going to be all right. (laughs) You know, and I take a lot of comfort in that, you know, that they were like, I can't do that. So really encouraging to me. Mm-hmm. One thing that I want our listeners to see a reoccurring theme or hear a reoccurring theme is that life is Bessie. Yes. And no one has everything together. It's okay that there's there still can be beauty in the messiness yes. of life. And I think sometimes people, if they feel like their life's a mess and they don't have it all together, mm-hmm. they hold back and you'll just be sitting on the sidelines forever mm-hmm. because there are messes all the time and every day and you know you clean them up and you keep going but Mm -hmm. we don't want people to be frozen because things aren't perfect we've yet to interview the perfect person (laughs) is there anything else you'd like to share with us some random information or (laughs) something i don't know something you don't know i don't know about. come on well i don't know if we're just talking about the upper root you know just I'll share how I met Josh. It's because that involves the upper room. People might be interested in that. You know, Josh is not quite a year older than me, but he's like a year older than school. So I grew up, you know, seeing him around at church, but always thought he was super old. And then one time we were in the... (laughs) He was a year older than you? Not even. Saw him with like Chris and everything. I was like, oh, he's so old. Yeah, really old. (laughs) Chris, you're so old. No, I just... One time, I mean, we were like 13 or something, and we were in the orthodontist office in the waiting room. My mom had taken me, and she's like, oh, look, there's Josh over there. And I was like, who? She's like, goes to our church, you know? And I was like, ugh, oh, yeah? And she's like, aren't you going to say hi? And that I was old like, man. no, that's awkward. And my mom, who also isn't a um, <laughs> super outgoing person, I would say, she left that being like, I can't believe two kids from the same church don't even say hi to each other, don't know each other. And it bothered her so much that she went home and told my dad and – There wasn't a youth group at the time at the upper room, or at least like a a group for middle school kids. And so she's like, let's start something, which I'm just really thankful because I don't know if that's necessarily my parents' cup of tea, but they did it and they did it out of their house and people would come over. That's how Josh and I started hanging out and we did say hi to each other and then we ended up getting married, you know, all those years later. So that's amazing. That was our first youth group. Well, or, I don't know. Well, middle Maybe school, middle, middle school, junior high, junior high youth group. Yeah, that Way is to go, great. Chip and Mary yeah. Beth. they wanted a that son-in-law. <laughs> I think, like, I don't know if Hope and Brian they were. Like oh, they were hanging then, out, but they were always hanging out. Brian started showing up to yeah youth like, group about yeah, that time. They were always joking around. There was a lot of t- tumult <laughs> yeah. there. It's a tumultuous relationship. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it worked yeah. out. That's it. Oh, yeah. Well, Megan, we're so blessed to have you here. And oh, thank, thank you so you. much for sharing your story. Yeah. And oh, thank, thank, you. thank you for listening. You know, if you are out there and you are struggling with anxiety, I hope that Megan's message resonates with you, that she really found Jesus to be her friend in that, Mm -hmm. and that is when she experienced freedom. Mm -hmm. Even though she had known who he was her whole life, it's when it became personal and became a friendship that she experienced freedom in Mm -hmm. that area. And quoting Graham Cook, if you don't know that Jesus loves you, There is nothing in this world that could make him love you less. 
And there is nothing in this world that could make him love you more. He loves you because he loves you because he loves you because he loves you because he loves you. Thanks for listening. We'll have a link in the bio for Megan's Shine Bright. Check us out on Instagram at ShineURF. And tune in next week for another special guest. Bye. Bye.